and welcome to Not For Girls, a podcast by two women fighting gender expectations, talking about life, lockdown and everything in between. My name is Leah. And then you say your name. (laughs) (laughs) Or should I introduce you? No, it's fine. I'm Nikki. Today, we're going to be doing our very first ever episode of this Not For Girls podcast, in which it's probably important to say the not is like ironic and crossed out (laughs) because we're reclaiming what should be for girls. Yeah, it's, it's meant to be ironic. So yeah. And it's kind of based on, I think, our experiences of being told in many different walks of life that oh now now that's not for girls that's not something girls do so uh we're kind of busting those myths today yeah we're fighting it yeah for sure (laughs) yeah so i think it'll be good to sort of maybe explain sort of a little bit about us and why we've started the podcast sure uh so i have literally just uh and i'm talking two days ago at this point uh finished my degree in creative writing, had my final ever hand in of my third year and uh, basically needed something else to do. (laughs) Um, But we've been kind of talking about making these kind of plans for a while and as as feminists just kind of wanting to talk about our lived experience, talk about things that affect people in general uh, and for me so obviously like I said my degree was in creative writing so uh, I think it's really interesting to kind of bring a bit of a feminist eye from from through that lens uh, kind of talking about creativity and writing and working in like the arts industries and stuff which hopefully I'll be doing soon <laughs> applying for jobs like crazy so we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, how about you Nikki? So um, I come from a background of I went to uni quite late, but I did an ecology degree and I went on to do a a science master's and I've sort of been in this whirlwind of in-betweenness where I haven't quite landed my job. I did land my job and then unfortunately lost my job due to due to the current circumstances. So Mm -hmm. I I, you know, I've sort of been floating around a bit, but I also do I'm a host of the Games of Five podcast, which is why you might be here. Um, And I also do a lot of streaming and sort of things in my in my downtime while I'm sort of just existing at the moment. But I think the reason why I wanted to start this podcast was um, a lot because I think I don't think there's any podcast out there for me that I can kind of identify with in regards to sort of like lifestyle and like living. And I think not for girls for me is just a really nice way for just for us to just be open about our experiences and our lifestyle. So someone out there can, you know, can compare and, and feel like and then maybe they're not they're not that weird because I think that's my problem I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm just like I don't feel like anyone's as weird as me like I want to know I want something to kind of feel is, is similar if that makes sense yeah for sure and I think that's something that we kind of both relate to because of various hobbies and interests like definitely in your case gaming and streaming and things like that um, but even in a lot of artistic routes as well they're still very male dominated and like the gaming industry for sure yeah. is is the same way so growing up in a world where you're kind of told you're a tomboy and this is something that boys do not girls uh it's it's kind of a strange uh thing you just have this Mm. this weird sense of identity of kind of feeling really passionate about this area but not necessarily belonging to it I suppose yeah I think as well you sort of you don't really belong to either because uh I think for me I don't necessarily always identify as necessarily that feminine but someone may look at me and think the opposite but I think generally I struggle to kind of fit in either because some people will say well you know you're you're female you're this or you're 
you know I, I don't know it's so hard to explain that it's like not really fitting in either in either branch no for sure um and, and like yeah definitely growing up I feel like I had that a lot and then even uh when I I kind of because I think it should be worth saying as well I, I know you mentioned that you went to uni quite late I did as well so we're, we're both quite grown up um, even yeah. though I've only just got my degree um but uh but yeah so like growing up and then when I started to uh to go out on nights out and things uh I always found myself having more male friends and then my relationships with other women became strange because in a lot of cases they maybe saw me as competition or uh more of a tomboy or even sort of questioned my sexuality and things and it's just a really strange kind of life experience because you're just I guess trying to be yourself and fit in with people who share your interests and there are so many question marks from the rest of society about these things so uh I think that kind of that's that seems to be something that we've kind of we share and we've bonded over yeah I think that's a nice little summary to be honest I think that's pretty much laid out what's going to be happening so it's also worth mentioning that uh this topic the topic will change each week so it will just be our experiences and all these different things so like for example you know we'll do topics on top like friendship relationships like female reproduction I mean that sounded quite intense when I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like female biology but you know what I mean like anything yeah. and it's not it's not just necessary for females you know as we said we don't necessarily always feel like we fit into every single branch it's for anyone really that doesn't always feel like they fit within their stereotype or gender or anything like that anyone that just feels you know a bit weird like me yeah, absolutely. Which kind of brings us really nicely onto this week's topic, uh, which is solitude and isolation, because uh, we're still recording this in lockdown and that doesn't necessarily look like it's going anywhere fast. Or if it does, we're going to maybe have a second wave and then be in lockdown again all winter. So it's yeah. a kind of an uncertain time, but uh, we felt like it would be really relevant to talk about you know lockdown and how it's affecting us how it's affecting women in general um and uh and yeah just just kind of that as, as a way of introducing ourselves i suppose just kind of it's very topical very so i guess we can kind of just lead in um to how it's affecting you really sure so i think i've been really lucky so far in that i've had for the past two three months where we've been in lockdown I have had something to constantly focus on with uh, completing my degree. So every day I've been waking up, walking to my desk, reading my books, writing my assessments. And uh, that has been very much a quite sort of, I guess, regular routine. Uh, and I haven't really had too much um, anxiety or too much to worry about. Uh, I, I, I'm I feel quite sort of self-aware in terms of regulating how I feel. And when I do get anxiety, being able to kind of address it, talk to my partner about it and make sure that I'm kind of maintaining a good base level of not being too anxious, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and, and then, yeah, two days ago, that rug just got, I guess, pulled right out from under my feet. And I now have so much uncertainty of where we had planned to relocate to a new city in a couple of months time. I uh, was hoping that would still be possible. Uh, we both need jobs because our student loan is, is not going to keep lasting past the next couple of months. And like most millennials, we don't have a huge amount of savings. So for people in our demographic, this is, I think, quite a tough time financially. Uh, so that has definitely led me to, let's say, uh, do a little bit more yoga this week, <laughs> just yeah. to try and uh, kind of calm down, center myself and uh, 
and and yeah just just refocus uh so yeah how about how about for yourself for me yeah i mean as i mentioned in the beginning i unfortunately lost my job just as lockdown pretty much happened mm. i i'd like to say that there's probably a lot of um well i don't like to say i don't want to imagine this but i imagine i'm not the only person in this situation where i you know coming out of uni finishing my masters and then sort of getting financially stable after that because obviously an education is quite an expensive thing sure i uh, i fortunately managed to land my my dream job what i kind of always thought i'd be doing at you know just about 30 so i'm 30 in july so just when that was all looking good everything you know i just passed my driving test as well mm-hmm. um I unfortunately lockdown happened and I, and I couldn't start and I was in this horrible in-between point of not being able to be furloughed you know it, because I wasn't on any kind of payroll so I just got put in this in-between land of just okay you don't have a job now and you're probably you know not going to be able to get a job very easily now either because we're all in lockdown mm-hmm. and just not really knowing what to do with myself and it, I think I think a lot of people our age, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people that were that were buying houses, getting their dream job, like all that sort of 30 year olds sort of finally getting their shit together. And then sort of 2020 comes along like, no, no, it's not happening now. For sure. It has been memed so much. And oh, my God, I relate so hard. <laughs> and I'm sure that, you know, there's like 21 year olds, 18 year olds that, are, you know, going through the exact same thing. And it, it's so hard mm. to know how to, to respond, know how you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to deal with that. And I think I've been okay, to be honest with you, because I have my little side projects. Like I love I love video game streaming. I love doing my video game podcast. And I have these outlets that, that are so great for me. And I think that's kept me above water in myself. Fortunately, I have actually just today found that I have some work coming up soon for the job that I was meant to be with. Um, next week where I'm actually tra- I'm traveling you don't actually know this Leah so this is yeah I'm finding this out for the first time now this is amazing I'm so uh, excited for you annoyingly I've got to travel quite far I've got to travel to Birmingham Ooh. for like four weeks each week which is a bit of a pain but I cannot say no to work and it seems like they've got things in place for it to be safe so that's all very exciting so waiting kind of paid off a little bit and and that's really really good but yeah I, I could imagine that it's probably a lot harder for people that maybe don't have outlets as well I guess it kind of leads me into my next point of um I'm quite introverted so mm. for some reason <laughs> compared to a lot of other people I'm fine with not necessarily being that social would you say that you're an introvert or an extrovert I don't actually know this 100% so uh one thing that uh that I'm quite interested in and I don't know if you've ever done this but it's the Myers-Briggs uh yes personality yes. test have you done it I have, but I can't remember what I am. I know I'm INF something. Okay, well, I'm INFJ, so you might be INFJ or INFP, but... I think um, I'm INFP. Okay, that's cool. So we definitely have a lot of uh, yeah. introversion in common then. Uh, so yeah, for sure, 100% introverted. And I think that's quite common with certainly a lot of people who I've met throughout my degree who uh, are pale socially awkward writers who (laughs) sit at home in a room and just type literary masterpieces or attempt to um, for sort of eight to ten hours a day so uh so yeah definitely I think being introverted has kind of helped me cope with lockdown in terms of not necessarily needing social interaction to feel plugged in or to feel uh like I'm thriving on that because there are definitely times when I do and I feel like social interaction can be a really great uplifting thing. Um, for me, live music is a massive one, like going to a gig and uh, like seeing a band with a bunch of other people who absolutely love them, know every single word, everybody's having a great time. Like I definitely miss things like that. Yeah. 
but I think for kind of for the purposes of having to stay indoors needing to do this to to protect you know literally everybody else in the country and and yourself uh I I I do feel lucky being introverted Mm. that I can kind of I can sit here I can be at home I can read I can write and those are things that I would be loving to do anyway yeah you'll hear you'll hear as well from a lot of introverts I've seen especially online saying that you know in in some ways this is what we've all been preparing for like this is what we're used to this is not something (laughs) that is abnormal to us like you know we'll cancel plans because we don't want to go to them and now suddenly it's it's almost like an introvert's dream because everyone's fucking plans are cancelled you know you can't go to that gig can't do this thing and it's sort of just like there was a point where I was like oh okay all right I can lay in bed now but then it then it gets to the point where I'm like okay this is getting ridiculous and I'm annoyed now but it is sort of like this thing where for an introvert it's 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 a compelling it's like a weird compelling thing where you're not quite sure how to feel because mm-hmm. in some ways I enjoy being alone and that's, that sound, sounds so weird probably to an extrovert and someone that doesn't necessarily understand it but I I enjoy it like I need it I love social interaction and you know I love seeing my family and I love seeing my friends you but I am someone that like needs more alone time than I do social time and I need that time to recharge. And when I'm in those moments, I'm so happy and I'm loving it. And you know, I'll, if I don't have it for ages, I do I do crave it. But generally for me, like it, being alone, spending time playing games is is great. But obviously like, there comes a point where you just start to get really peeved. But it's it's such a weird thing, especially when you speak to introverts and extroverts at this point in time, how they're doing. Introverts are doing a lot better. Yeah, for sure. And definitely I relate with the whole being alone thing. Uh, Solitude is something really important to me. And I think a lot of creative people are able to relate to that because what's really strange is, and and I've, I've seen a lot of writers say things like this, but sometimes you're writing just when you're out and about even if you're just on your own or you're watching something or you're reading something, you're thinking about how you'll make this work or you're editing decisions that you've already made in something that you're creating. And that alone time to to really devote yourself to that process of really thinking about your ideas and channeling your energy into what you are creating or what you're about to create is so, so crucial, like definitely to me and I'm sure to a lot of other people as well. Um, And I have to say, like, I don't know how I'm going to go back to not wearing sweatpants constantly because <laughs> that is another massive plus of being yeah. in lockdown. I always thought that I wore makeup like for myself, for my confidence. Pfft, nah, I haven't. I've barely worn a lick of makeup <laughs> the last couple of months. Only when I have Zoom meetings. And that's but it. Your skin will thank you. I don't know if what you've been doing as well, but I do this sometimes. If my face is on camera, like if I'm streaming, um, a lot of the time my top half may look fantastic but on the bottom I am wearing like pajamas <laughs> yes and like big socks oh yeah I'm not I'm sure. not like part of me is like yeah this this part's gonna be extroverted and being social but the other part of me no that's staying right in introversion <laughs> it's like the body version of a mullet you know business up top <laughs> party down bottom <laughs> yeah I'm curious as well um about your partner because my partner is very extroverted and I didn't even know this until this point until we got into lockdown and although we are quite similar in the way that we like to stay in we do like to stay in and we're not always that social and I think that's why we get along I didn't realize how much he does actually crave social interaction whereas Mm. I don't I don't need it at all I realize I don't need I could I could be in lockdown by myself and as long as I do have my phone talk to my family and I can talk to my friends I have a way of talking to them I could I could be on my own for weeks and be fine whereas he it, even just this is crippling him and wow. it's it's so it's so interesting to see the two different personality types kind mm. of coping 
Um, is your partner? I know, obviously, he's my friend as well, but I don't actually know if he's. I imagine he's an introvert. Yes, he is, yeah. but he definitely has uh, a more of an extroverted side than I would say I do. So uh, up until we went into lockdown, he was still working in a bar. And that bar has now obviously closed and everybody is being furloughed uh, due to the virus. So uh, what he really misses is just he gets cabin fever, I think, and uh, just feels really stuck indoors. And especially when the weather's nice, it's just kind of wanting to be at the bar or wanting to go sit in a beer garden and just have a nice cold pint, talk to his friends and and kind of have that uh, yeah, have that social space. Uh, whereas I, I think I, I feel literally you articulated exactly the same for me so I feel like I could be on my own for I mean god yeah way longer this is kind of a dream of mine that I would go on a writing retreat in like a really remote place like in I don't know Cumbria like the Lake District or something and I would have this tiny cabin and I would just have yeah. like my little walks and then I'd go and like you know cook some vegetable stew and then write my masterpiece and it's this like <laughs> this huge like introverted dream of like yeah that time to myself would be mm. so healing and so creative and so amazing where yeah definitely I think uh same as your partner mine is still feeling yeah. really uh like missing out on a lot of social interaction of yeah, and I, I, I've experienced things similar actually. When I, for a lot of like my science, well, it was my master's degree, I, I went to Indonesia and a large portion of my time when I was in Indonesia, because I was by myself doing a research project, I would come back and I would stay in the city by myself and I would often stay in hotels and I would be completely on my own and for, for weeks on end. And I remember like, there, w- there was points where I went a little bit mad, but I was fine. I was writing my thesis in this hotel room. You know, every day I would order like food off of the menu to my room and I would go swim in the pool. Oh. Um, I'd have my little daily activities. I went to the cinema by myself a lot, which was weird mostly because I was in a different country and they, they found me very odd. They used to watch me like a zoo animal. So you were watching um, Indonesian films or like Western films with Indonesian subtitles? Yeah, Western films with Indonesian okay. subtitles. So it was fine. But the worst thing is, is they all spoke on their phone during the movie. That was something that really filled me with rage oh. they just they don't seem to care but anyway I I I was very productive and I I enjoyed it it was it was weird people would often say to me like are you okay like I really feel like you, you know like they're acting like I should be doing really badly because I'm on my own because of all this sort of stuff and I was like no I'm fine like I'm abs-. and I think that was when I realized that maybe what I am is a little bit different to people because they often think that you know not to introverts because an introvert listening to this will be like yep (laughs) for sure (laughs) I know that but obviously it's you know it's it's it's, you don't always notice it I guess yeah definitely but yeah it's definitely it's definitely an interesting time for us now we're all sort of learning our differences and learning who can kind of cope with with what but you know lockdown has lifted a little bit which is you know as we've said a little bit scary and and everything but I guess hopefully in the future the end is near and us introverts can just go back to to just cancelling plans instead of them being cancelled for us yeah exactly and I, and I may not even cancel the first lot of plans that I have no. that's how that's how much I <laughs> yeah. I, I do recognise that this is very like extreme circumstances and people really do miss interaction <laughs> yeah so I guess we can kind of like segue on to what we were going to mention about um, how other people are potentially being affected by this. Sure, because I think that uh, this lockdown is a situation that is disproportionately affecting women in particular in quite a, quite a negative, and I don't really like to use the word negative, but I guess de- detrimental way. Uh, so I, I kind of, I just feel like since this is kind of, you know, a 
the gender expectations and um, gender specific issues are quite a big part of this podcast. I feel like it's uh, it's really good for us to kind of touch on this and just kind of acknowledge it and be aware of it and kind of recognize that uh, whilst whilst we are managing and we are doing okay, actually in a lot of women's cases, it may not be it may not be that they're quite so lucky. Um, so I did do a little bit of of kind of research into this, and uh, one of the things that I found like most most shocking, I think, uh, was that last month the Guardian reported that domestic violence crimes are set to increase by around twenty percent during lockdown. And so to put that into perspective, that's around fifteen million more cases globally of yeah. an. Uh, women's aid have kind of looked into the statistics of this because I know that there are male victims of domestic violence but it is still a gendered crime because from uh, April 2017 to March 2018 women's aid reported that 92 percent of perpetrators were male and 66 percent of victims were female so this is definitely something where you know women who are stuck in the house with an abusive partner uh, and literally unable to kind of do the school run, you know, get out of the house, have have the social interaction, or moments of respite that they might have previously had, are obviously not potentially able to have that anymore, and are therefore at a much greater risk, uh, which is obviously horrible. Um, but like I say, Women's Aid have looked into this and they are a great charity to support if anybody does have a few extra quid in their pocket, I guess, just to kind of, yeah. uh, you know, um, try and try and give support there where we can. And there's definitely helplines and everything like that out there, which I know that they're trying to bring more attention to because of the fact that this has all come out. Um, so definitely, obviously, if you know anyone that might be experiencing something like that, definitely try and encourage them to uh, to get help from it. Because yeah, it's, it's awful. It's almost like you're shoving situations, like you're forcing situations to be more prevalent and, and that in itself is just not a good outcome. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think, yeah, in terms of kind of closer to home here in the UK as well, uh, one thing that I've noticed in terms of like news headlines and reports of like COVID related deaths and things. It's not just direct physical harm that could come to women uh, through being trapped in the home, but also being far more likely to be frontline workers. Uh, so according to a World Health Organization report in 2008, statistically, women make up around 75% of the workforce in the healthcare sector. And in the UK, that number clocked in a little higher, around 80%. So for sure, women are far more likely to kind of be on the front lines, you know, as nurses, as care home workers, and kind of, especially with the lack of PPE, be exposed to the virus directly as well. Of course. Yeah, I wanted to mention as well, actually, I did, I did a little bit of research and I did find that. I just think this was like stats from last year or the year before, but that, that supposedly like out of all the nurses, like I think 90% of all of them sort of percentage is female there is only 10 percent, which is which is mad that are men which i think about which i didn't realize but it's predominantly mm. nurses that are uh, female nurses that are at the front lines potentially this which is so scary to think like so my my um stepmom is a nurse she is only kind of like a uh, sort of a general practitioner nurse so she goes out to patients from a gp to check they're okay like a lot of um elderly so she's not she's not directly on the front line but it's still it's just very scary like you you probably whoever's in this may know someone who is on the front line and it's terrifying a lot of these nurses are getting it and that's i can imagine it's finding people with a lot of anxiety mm. and and even the sort of you know even male nurses and doctors that are also also in this position i think because doctors i think percentage is higher 
for males. Uh, it's just it's just a scary time for everyone. I think it's, it's even you know nurses are getting getting crippled by the virus potentially, uh, and so having to be put into comas. And it's just yeah, it's just not not a nice time. And so we're thinking for sure. About it. And like it has to be said as well, like so many uh, Black, Asian, and minority ethnic uh, key workers as well. Like the the sheer number of people who are from uh, BAME backgrounds who are, who have been reported as uh, you know having lost their lives due to the virus is absolutely shocking uh, and according to the NHS website 40% of doctors and 20% of nurses are from black Asian minority ethnic backgrounds so I think that for people who kind of fall between those two intersections of being both A female and B BAME are far less likely to be in lockdown and more likely to be on the front lines like at risk of contracting covid yeah. Uh, so yeah hopefully i mean if anything good can come out of this i really hope that people start to understand how like we just need to like support our communities and listen to people's lived experiences and yeah. maybe in the future when we get the chance to vote uh, maybe <laughs> maybe show show your support <laughs> in that way <laughs> Yes, exactly. Because this virus doesn't, you know, it doesn't pick and choose mm-hmm. races like it affects everyone. And it just shows that how hard everyone, you know, has been working. And I just think that, yeah, I just hope for positive change. Is what 100%. And like in the meantime, doing our bit, like staying at home as much as possible, wearing masks when we do go out, washing our hands as much as possible and using anti-back gel, uh, like limiting our shopping trips to only going out once per week. Uh, all these all these little things that might just seem like small steps might just seem like small mm-hmm. efforts. Don't listen to Donald Trump. <laughs> I would definitely support that, that, uh, that statement. Um, I don't think injecting ourselves with bleach will help either. I think... I think that no. will be very terrible for our public health if everyone starts doing that. Uh, yeah, and just just try and hope that people are using their common sense to protect themselves and, and yeah. protect other people in their communities as well. And I, yeah, I think as well what I want to say is it's something that I found a lot, which is some people have become quite just xenophobic generally uh, in their day to day lives now because they're obviously they're quite worried about people on the mm. street contracting it from even just like saying hello three meters away five meters away um there's definitely some negative things that have happened i think you know even just going to the supermarket people are becoming very scared of each other and i just i really just don't want that to happen i don't know if you've experienced anything in shops or anything like that where people have become quite aggressive uh, so sort of uh, i have kind of witnessed uh xenophobia where uh, in the area of the town where my partner and i live we live in a really multicultural hub so we have a couple of like uh sort of chain supermarkets there's a co-op and there's a tesco and then there's like a, a huge row of like ethnic food stores uh fresh kind of green grocers but run by um one is eastern european another one is run by some some turkish lovely turkish gents and uh people have stopped sh- shopping in like those euro marts and um like the turkish shops and things uh so i remember when lockdown just happened and co-op is closer to me so i kind of went there looking for a few bits and they have been cleaned out so I thought okay well I'll, I'll you know I'll go the other direction and I'll find one of the the ethnic food stores and it was quiet it was clean it was lovely they were all wearing masks uh, and I kind of thought yeah I, I should be supporting local businesses I should be giving back especially where there is this xenophobic anti-immigrant narrative that the media has certainly in the UK been peddling for I mean basically since the 2016 Brexit election 
So I just, I kind of, I decided at that point, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to shop here from now on. Uh, it's so stupid, like, but they ha- they had more food on the shelves than the, than the chain supermarkets because stupid, like, white people xenophobia are going, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to shop in a foreign shop because that will have, like, foreign, you know, COVID germs. And uh, it's just, it's mm. so ignorant. It's really frustrating. Yeah. I think everyone just needs to understand that yeah well, like everyone's in this together and also like if i've had it a few times where you know i've i've someone's been sort of walking towards me in the street and i've i've decided to you know to give them like two meters three meters away but also like flash them a smile or like a you know little hand thing just to say like you know i'm just i'm doing this for you i'm not like i'm not trying to stay the hell away from you because i think that you've got it and you're gonna kill me i'm just trying to sort of register that you know i'm i'm being safe for you and me and everything um but some people i found can be quite um rude yeah. i guess and and act a certain way but I, I think we all need to remember that you know we're all human and i think especially we're all sort of losing that sort of social side with each other that it's important to to just you know say hello safely give a wave just just be nice to one another and and don't be i don't know if i was going to swear on this podcast but i'm going to say don't be a <laughs> no i, th- I, I think that's totally not, fair and and yeah i agree um yeah i think uh i i've definitely that that is one massive thing that has spiked my anxiety is when I've gone outside and tried to keep two meters away and other people don't keep two meters away and giving them like a stern look has not worked uh kind of veering (laughs) further so I'm like crushing myself into the side of the shops is not working either so I don't know what to do start barking at them like how like how do I communicate (laughs) to you that like please just keep your distance because yeah I'm not I'm not suggesting that you're this like dirty infected whatever like I'm just trying to follow the rules and protect myself and you because you can be contagious without having symptoms and so like that's that was my worst fear going into this I was like if I if I get it like that would be terrible but I have no no prior health conditions like I'm reasonably young fit healthy uh but my absolute worst fear is is coming into to contact with somebody who is vulnerable who is older who does have uh, potentially prior respiratory issues and in- infecting somebody else to the point where they could lose their life like that was absolutely yeah. something that I was more fearful of and still am I think so uh so yeah I just want to respect the distance yeah I think I was gonna say I think something that I wanted to mention that has been sort of going around a lot now because we've got a lot of misinformation about it but I'm not like preaching or anything but I think wearing masks is a good idea if you can because that protects you from everyone else and I think in the UK we've had such misinformation about it and everyone doesn't know what the hell is going on we've been told all this like weird stuff but in fact that you know the scientists have said yes okay it may not protect you from getting it but if everyone was wearing masks then we'll be a lot safer so I think that's also a really good way for if people are feeling a bit sort of if they want to do better and, and be able to to keep themselves you know harming someone else then you know if everyone's doing that then we're protecting each other so I think yeah 100 percent. yeah I definitely agree yeah. uh cool shall we move on from this because it's a bit but but you know it gets quite intense doesn't it so we can we can move back on to sort of introversion and and that kind of thing and we can go into a segment that we're going to have which is Nikki's science section because we decided that we both have our little things you know you're you're the creative um industry side and I'm more like the science like that's what I love that's what I'm into um and so we're gonna have like our own little points we're gonna try and do this for, for a lot of the episodes it may not work 
and it may be that sometimes one person has kind of more to say depending on what the topic is uh so yeah we're gonna have nikki's science section and leah's creative corner (laughs) and uh just kind of it's like two sides of the same coin you know because i think like uh, the arts and and then technology and science are often quite separate and uh we're gonna we're gonna have a meeting point (laughs) for those two for those two areas uh so what is in uh nikki's science section today (laughs) <laughs> so this is just really going to be a talking point um it's just going to be so we can have a bit of a chat about it but this is going to sort of lead on from what we were saying earlier about how how we feel weird as introverts how we don't sort of feel necessarily normal compared to to a lot of people and it sort of got me thinking into about sort of why we feel lonely and, and what's why is that even a benefit um and i found out really it's quite interesting that that loneliness is something that it's it's comparable to thirst or hunger it is a signal for us it's a signal of of that we need human interaction, which I found really weird and I never even imagined because loneliness is not something I feel very often. I don't know about you. Yeah, so that is quite strange because, I mean, I obviously humans are social creatures. We know this and other, you know, you look at uh, species that we're really close to, like apes and things, they travel in troops and have communities of, you know, uh, I was going to say people, but they are chimps. Um, <laughs> so but they, they live in communities. So it makes sense that we would also need that to survive on but yeah personally it's it's hard to relate to it's not necessarily something I feel yeah but you are right it's it's because we are a very social species despite the fact that we get introverts like you and me that just want to go into our (laughs) but yeah like it's something that we would need to survive back then because if you think about it we we've you know we've always lived in tribes communities from from the very beginning of of kind of human existence well even primate existence as well um, because we need that you know you would have had people that would have gone out for they would have gone hunting for the meat um, it would have been protection from predators obviously there's more of you then you would have been able to protect the group um, knowledge sharing as well and things like co-parenting split duties just generally we've always been so social so I guess it makes perfect sense that that pang of like loneliness would be something that that you know we need to survive obviously we don't really need that these days a lot of people may be living solitary lives and potentially they do need well actually no I say that you know even if you live a solitary life you still need shopping delivered to you like our whole infrastructure of water Mm. people people have to get that water from somewhere and the food so yeah I guess even if you are a lonely person you are living a solitary life and you're happy with that you still in a lot of ways depend on people but obviously depends how how you're living but yeah I mean generally like the only the only like large ape that is somewhat not solitary is the orangutan but even then they come a lot they come together like the females to to bring up the young and stuff but generally as a species as primates yeah like being social is ingrained in us so that makes you wonder why are we introverted why is that a thing Mm. and there's not really sort of a confirmed answer to that but the way that it's been looked at is the definition of introversion really which is we introverts basically need less stimulation to become satisfied whereas extroverts need a lot more excitement in their lives to become satisfied so it's almost like we don't desire as much to become like happy and content I guess that's the best way to describe it yeah that does make sense I I remember sort of reading in my like I mentioned earlier the Myers-Briggs analysis uh, and Mm -hmm. the the first letter of that is I for introversion or E for extroversion and it's really where where you draw your energy from 
So, uh, you know, feeling renewed and energized and, you know, whole from having time on our own is kind of, I guess, what makes us introverted. Whereas for extroverts now, like I can absolutely see that they would really be struggling more uh, because of having yeah. that energy and, and you know, uh, sort of feeling renewed and, and thriving on social interaction. Uh, so, yeah, thank mm. God for <laughs> technology that, that means, you know, we can face mm. face time each other and uh video chat and stuff yeah. uh, i guess that's that's going to be a real lifeline for for people who are, are more extroverted right now mm, well we are yeah that's the thing we're, we're living in a like a time where we are actually more connected than we've ever been like the fact that we can speak to someone in australia america like it's it's mad like but people still will feel lonely people still will feel this pang to kind of to be able to socialize but i yeah i just find it really really interesting and i think that the sort of stay home message is like if you're an introvert if you're an extrovert it's completely normal but it does make me wonder how introversion kind of evolved and i do believe that it probably was able to be less of a survival technique than it would would have done before because obviously if you're someone that didn't want to interact with people back in like the caveman era I don't, i'm not gonna give like years <laughs> i imagine that if you were one of these people that was like ah oh, stuff all these people i'm gonna go live in a cave you probably would die so i imagine because I think it's potentially introversion is something that could be genetic. Mm. I'm not 100% sure on that. I think that it's probably become more prevalent now because we are so connected in ways that we, you know, you wouldn't have a caveman with his phone in the cave like Facebooking. <laughs> now you can be an introvert in your house and that's in your in your cave and that's fine. Right. And, and then still kind of drive the amount of interaction that you want to have with other people and turn on Twitter when you want to be plugged in. But, you know, if you've kind of had enough and want to chill with a glass of wine and read a book you can turn off your phone and leave it in the other room like it's it's kind of we have more the autonomy to decide how much interaction we want to have right now i guess Mm -hmm. and apparently in regards to evolutionary benefits there was actually seen as as no real benefit or negative back in the day supposedly they said the introverts would have been or at least the beginning of introverts like just having someone that was a little bit introvert caveman days would have been someone that was a bit less impulsive a little bit less adventurous and and that would have been fine apparently that would have been quite good because in some ways you would have been potentially not running into a mammoth yeah, I don't a, pre- know, a predator not or a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah just basing all of Where, this caveman knowledge extrovert. from the flintstones <laughs> <laughs> yeah the extrovert would have um you know although they would have been quite brave and they potentially could have stumbled onto new sources of water villages spoken to you know done lots of cool exciting things they could have also died yeah of from course getting run over by yeah. a mammoth um, so apparently there really is a balance and supposedly the ideal candidate for a human is an ambivert yeah. so and that's a balance between the two see I think everybody probably has those two sides but I guess in most cases more yeah. one than the other but yeah I guess for ambiverts they yeah. have that adaptability where they're, they're not beholden mm-hmm. to being either more introverted or more extroverted and can maybe kind of fluidly move between the two as and when they're able that would be an advantage for sure <laughs> yeah so to summarise Nikki's science section, if you're extrovert or introvert or ambivert, it's absolutely fine. You're going to survive now. It's okay. <laughs> all are welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. But now you know the science. So if you feel lonely, just remember, it's just a signal. It probably means phone someone yeah. up, Skype someone, have a chat. Reach and you'll out, be fine. Make, make contact. Yeah. <laughs> and chances exactly. are the person that you're calling feels the exact same way. So yeah, just pick up the phone and that's that's really good advice. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, how about we, we walk over to Leah's <laughs> Sure. So uh so yeah, welcome to this corner, I guess. Do podcasts have corners? 
Well, this one I don't does. Know, but it does. It does a. Uh, I do want to bring up the fact that you have guested on on my other podcast, Game Till Five, and you uh, you actually introduced Leah's gossip corner. So I just I want just to keep being in corners. You're a lady of corners. Oh wow! Nobody puts Leah in the corner. <laughs> Not after this. <laughs> Uh, I'm fine with it. I'm cool with corners. I'm an introvert. I'm, I'll just stay in my corner and write. That's all good. It, it's funny. Just, it just happens. It just ha- <laughs> like with science section, it makes sense because science is section. Creative just, you know. It just, just goes with sense. corner. Creative we like the corner. alliteration. Science section, creative yeah, exactly. corner. It works. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess just to talk for a little bit about uh, for creative people and creative industries uh, and, and how that's how that, that's maybe being affected by the lockdown. So uh, I think that a lot of industries, like, for example, the theatre industry was one of the first to shut down. Uh, so I know a lot of uh, a lot of people on my course and a lot of friends of mine were like huge theatre fans and obviously feel like, uh, you know, any opportunity to go see theatre, to go work in theatres uh, and produce uh, musicals or plays. Uh, obviously, that's that's not something that's possible right now. Uh, what's really good is that uh, for creative people there are lots of avenues of where we can channel our creativity so having a theatre space isn't you know the be all and end all and a lot of people are moving to Twitch and Zoom and are kind of having uh, I guess uh, doing performances uh, live performances for their fans on there interacting through Instagram and other social media so it's really nice that uh, for a lot of people, their creativity kind of has been able to translate uh, to kind of some online platforms because it still is kind of keeping people, uh, you know, just really able to enjoy it and able to be involved in it, uh, which is obviously really cool. Uh, one thing that I do personally feel quite crushed by is that and at the moment, like it's fine, everybody is like binging Netflix like a like there's no tomorrow (laughs) but what's going to happen in like a few months when no new film and tv is being made most importantly Witcher season two which has been like (laughs) shut down they stopped filming for that I mean that literally broke my heart um (laughs) so so I think that uh there will probably have to be some kind of uh catching up I guess uh it's a shame to think those industries could be losing money where a lot of people that I know are really into script writing and would love the chance to be able to send out their scripts and have their scripts made into something but at the moment that's obviously it's not super possible yeah, I, I totally forgot because in my head I was like, well, the creative industry is doing fantastically because, you know, like video games, like our friend Steph, she she works in a video games company and she's still able to work at home. Our other friend Max, you know, he works in podcast. Everyone, everyone's sort of still functioning. But I think it really depends on what industry you're in because, yeah, I totally forgot. We may have Netflix and, you know, movies that have already been made, but I completely forgot about the fact that other movies probably aren't being made. And yeah, I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I I guess it's kind of like a a double-edged sword. And you're right, a lot of creative industries still are able to thrive right now. Uh, So yeah, particularly video games industry, which, you know, thank goodness, uh, if I didn't have video games whilst being in lockdown, I really, I I probably, even being introverted, I would be struggling a lot more. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's obviously really uh, a plus. Uh, But I think one thing that I've seen quite a lot is... uh, 
a lot of creative people feeling this pressure to now be creative. Uh, something that I've seen on Twitter loads of like, oh, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein in only three months when she was, uh, you know, in like lockdown in Geneva. She wasn't in lockdown, but she just was in Geneva and wrote a book in three months uh, and feeling almost this pressure of, oh God, I, I'm expected to write my masterpiece now and change the face of literature forever. And uh, that that can really block off your desire to be creative, I think. So yeah, I think it's, it's the pressure as well. And it's almost, it's almost like you haven't decided that you wanted to have this time. This, this time has been forced upon you. So it's, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not like you've gone off to the hills to go live. I was saying this about me, me and Kate for the moment, <laughs> to go live in a cave and write a book you know you're you're forced to be in the situation this is not something that you've done by choice i think that makes a difference to be honest you know people feeling like they're pressured or forced to be a certain way to sort of spout out all this these masterpieces it's not it's for not sure easy. and i think it kind of almost goes hand in hand with uh sort of disaster thinking if you know what i mean so like i think for a lot of creative people one of the great things about being able to be creative is that you have a really active imagination but when we're in a global pandemic an overactive imagination is not necessarily your best friend and I know a lot of a lot of other creatives who have really started to struggle with you know well what about in three months what about in six months what about in a year uh, and then this kind of you know real uh, sort of like thinking of these imagined futures that may not happen things may you know may not be as bad as, as as we fear but that fear is 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 really where i think the anxiety comes from of of just not knowing what's going to happen and playing out these disaster scenarios in our minds over and over uh, so i think that that might be something potentially that people with an overactive imagination and you know creative people specifically seem to be struggling with right now mm. Yeah, I think that some people that sort of are able to kind of create things off of this situation, I think we're going to get a lot of movies and TV shows based around this. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what's really interesting is I've read a few articles and things that have kind of talked about dystopia and things like The Hunger Games and The Maze Runner and uh, even The Handmaid's Tale, which were like really popular dystopian, uh, you know, uh, sort of film, TV, media in the past few years. But since that becomes more our reality, the dystopia genre is kind of almost going down in popularity because people are like, oh God, we're living it now. Like we don't want to be watching it in our free time either. Like give me some sitcoms, yeah. give me something cushy, give me something I can escape from reality <laughs> rather than something <laughs> that makes it seem like, oh, it's real yeah. and it's going to get so much worse. <laughs> so, But it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, in, in terms of dystopia, this is never something I expected, you know, like, I, you think about what you're going to tell your grandkids and, and really all I have to say is, well, I just sat in my pajamas and played <laughs> crossing. Um, and can you imagine a movie? Like, that's not, it's not, they're going to have to sort of make it a bit more exciting, really, aren't they? Because although, you know, there are very intense things happening, mm. for the majority of the population, we just have to stay at home and do nothing. And that's not really a movie. So I don't know what people will do, what's going to happen, but it's a weird world for sure anyway. uh I, I guess just to kind of finish off the creative corner thing one thing and I have no association I'm not plugging like or you know for any other purpose other than I think uh he has a lot of good stuff to say but Matt Haig 
is uh, is a really fantastic writer and he has written a lot about his journey with anxiety and mental health and he posts a lot of stuff on Instagram which is really helpful at a time right now so he's kind of documenting how he feels the pressure to be creative uh, and he'll post things like today I got up and I went for a walk that was enough and it's literally just (laughs) these small successes and these small things where like in such a a crazy situation just these little wins of like you know trying to cope with some sort of routine or some sort of I guess reward system of just being able to celebrate okay I got out of bed today and I ticked one thing off my to-do list and you know I'm fine I'm coping it's all right (laughs) so it's small wins isn't it I'm gonna have to check that out because to be honest that's that was my highlight of my day yesterday I went for a half an hour walk and that was it and I was quite proud of that but then at the same time I was like hmm should I be so yeah I'm gonna listen to that because I feel like I need feel like I need that yes yeah check check out his Instagram Matt Haig uh yeah really really great uh writer and and just really yeah lovely positive encouraging kind of messages at a time like this which I think we all need yeah So I guess to kind of like summarise and sort of just talk about what we've been talking about is, if, if you know, if you are in, in solitude and isolation like most of us are, definitely reach out if you need. Don't worry if you feel like you are an introvert and you're a hermit and you're loving life and you're actually enjoying this. You're not weird. <laughs> it's fine. Like, you'd still survive in caveman times probably. <laughs> And if you're feeling lonely, if you are feeling, you know, sad and like you're not, and you are someone that needs that social interaction, don't worry, it's fine. Pick up the phone. It's it's evolutionary. That signal is just because your body thinks that you need social interaction to survive. You're going to be fine. Everything is fine. I love how I'm bringing that over for my <laughs> podcast. But it's true. Everything is fine. <laughs> this is something that we'll probably find out as uh, Not For Girls continues as well. As Fine is, <laughs> is your favourite word. Everything's fine. This film it was is. fine. This game was fine. <laughs> <laughs> But but like that's that's almost a kind of great thing to end on because it, it literally is like everybody's just doing their best, you know, taking each day at a time, yeah. doing what we can bit by bit to just get through it and come out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, try and look after ourselves, look after each other. That's kind of all we can do right now. So uh, if there's yeah. if there's one thing to take away, I, I hope it will be that. <laughs> just remember that everything will be fine and we might get some strange movies come out in a few years time. and hopefully season two of Witcher in less than a million years yeah. <laughs> I, hope I really so. hope so but yeah we'll we'll definitely obviously be making more episodes of these where we're going to sort of delve into different topics completely different from this this has been quite topic heavy but we just feel like it just makes sense we can't ignore the elephant in the room and we look forward to, to making more and, and delving into different topics and talking about our experiences. Absolutely. And if you uh, have any thoughts or comments that you want to share with us, uh, we are on social media. Come and chat to us and you can tell us what you think. Uh, we are at Not For Girls Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So uh, you can come and check us out and interact with us. Uh, or I guess yeah. you can email us, which is notforgirls at oh no is it not for girls podcast or not for girls i don't even know what our email address is i don't remember not for girls podcast at gmail.com it is it's yes not for girls podcast at gmail.com but uh not for girls pod on twitter and instagram because the extra letters of cast was too long apparently so uh yeah 
we're yeah. still babies it's fine forgive us we're, we're just yeah. starting we'll, we'll get better at, at plugging the socials uh but yeah this is literally our first yeah. time so thank you for bearing with us and we hope you've enjoyed the episode thanks for listening <laughs>